Hello, and welcome to episode 60 of the podcast. I'm Zoe. This is Life Simply Better. And wow, podcast episodes count up really quickly when you do them every day. I can't believe I'm already at 60. So welcome everyone to today's episode. Speaking of podcast episodes counting up quickly, I don't know if I'm going to keep doing this every day, but I'm just kind of doing it when I want to. And I remember hearing one time that from some productivity expert that it was actually easier to do things on a daily basis than it was to do them on a weekly basis. Like it was easy, easier to do something every day and make it a habit um, compared to just doing it once a week and having that stick as a habit. And I always thought that was really interesting, but it is interesting to me that it does almost feel easier to get on the podcast and record every day than when I was doing it once a week. Now I'm going to keep my program stuff once a week, um, plus the office hours, because I actually, one of the things I like about the program is that you don't have to do something every day. (laughs) If you're like, if you're in the program, I like that you don't need to do something every day in the program to be successful. It's just like, a session to listen to every week and getting coaching um, when you need it. But from my perspective, doing the podcast every day, it's kind of fun to um, just get on and it's easier than I expected so far. Now, I'm definitely not going to do this every single day. I'm going to give myself a break when I need it or when I have travel or other things going on. Um, But yeah, it's going well so far. It's also interesting that you don't really need a lot of energy to do this. I was actually feeling really low energy this afternoon before getting on to do this. And I would still say that I don't have a ton of energy right now, but I'm just showing up and I'm going to talk and I'm going to share something that I hope is helpful. And then I'm going to go on to the rest of my day and the rest of my weekend. So today, what I have to share with you is talking about understanding your moods. And when I talk about mood, I'm talking about an emotion, but I'm talking about your underlying emotional state, um, sort of what is, what is your general mood or vibe or emotion in that time. And that's something that in the new coaching that I'm doing I, if you can hear my kids in the background, um, if you can hear background noise, that is my kids. I'm just going to keep going. Anyway, I mentioned when I restarted the podcast that my coaching has changed for the better, I think, to things that at least for me work better and more effectively for me. And one of the changes that I've made is to focus more on your emotions and your moods as a source for how you're thinking. Now that's kind of backwards from, and it's kind of opposite from the way I coached before. So the coaching technique that I learned previously, which the first 50 episodes of this podcast feature is about the concept that your thoughts create your feelings. And so if you want to feel better and get better results from feeling better, um, 
what you need to do is manage your thoughts and understand your thinking, change the way you're thinking, etc. And I think there's certainly something to that. I mean, we all have had the experience where by shifting the way we're thinking about something, shifting our attitude, it's shifted how we feel about that. It's shifted the emotion that we're having. And so I, I think that's a completely valid way of looking at things. One of the things I found though, when I was using that coaching technique is that it sure felt like a lot of the time, my feelings, particularly my mood, my underlying emotional state, my underlying mood, it sure felt like that mood was also creating the types of thoughts that I had. In other words, your my feelings seemed like they were creating my thoughts. And you can probably also relate to this. If you think, for example, about you know, being in a really good mood, you tend to feel probably pretty good about yourself. You tend to feel confident. Um, you know, maybe something goes wrong, quote unquote, but that just kind of rolls off of you and you're able to just go with the flow or, uh, contrast that with when you're feeling very anxious and frantic and overwhelmed. And that's your underlying mood. You tend to see a problem everywhere you look, something goes wrong and it feels catastrophic. Um, and you're thinking about your situation can really change. I know that for me, when I'm anxious, I also tend to think a lot more negatively about myself. Like I'm much more prone to having thoughts that are self-critical, for example. And so I was just noticing a lot of the time that it seemed like my mood was shaping and creating in many ways the types of thoughts that I was having when I was in that mood. And that when I would do something to change the mood I was in, um, that my thinking would change along with that. And so that's much more the vein in which I coach now. Now, sometimes the way to change your mood is to um, think different thoughts, right? Is to kind of change your thinking, change your attitude and Again, that's a totally valid way of looking at things. But sometimes it's um, it's taking an action. It's doing something nonverbal to process, really process and acknowledge the negative emotions and the negative mood that you're having um, so that you can move forward. And sometimes that negative mood doesn't change. Like sometimes I can't figure anything out to change from a bad mood to a good mood. I don't have the answer, but just the knowledge of how that mood that I'm in is um, skewing my perception of things and is influencing my thinking is super helpful for me to have that awareness. Um, and it also, honestly, just having that awareness also helps make bad moods feel not quite as bad, if that makes sense. Like I don't have as much of a tendency to spiral into a more and more negative mood if I can kind of objectively step back and understand what's happening right now. Like I'm having whatever, you know, 
a biochemical response in my brain that is making me feel this way versus, oh my gosh, I'm a terrible person and the world is about to end. Um, having that more objective take on things tends to make being in that bad mood not quite as bad. Now, I want to say before I go any further into understanding your mood and talking a little bit more about that, that I am a huge fan of therapy and medication and other clinical treatments where your emotions, your mood, your anxiety, depression, whatever you are dealing with is such that it's it's intense and it's um, something that you want to get help with. It's, you know, at a quote, quote unquote clinical level, um, whether or not it's a clinical level, just it's something that you feel like is making it hard for you to live the life that you want to live or it's interfering in things. I for sure recommend that you do more than just listen to this podcast. I am not a clinician. I studied biopsychology in college. That was my major. And so I've taken a lot of psychology classes and a lot of neuroscience classes. And I'm interested in that as a layperson. but I am not a doctor. I'm not a therapist. I'm not a clinician. And this podcast isn't, um, isn't meant in any way to be a substitute for any of that, um, but I am a huge proponent of it. I think it can be really helpful for people in a lot of different situations. And um, if that's something you're even like thinking about, maybe that's something you wanna look into, I encourage you to do so. But what we are going to talk about in the rest of this podcast is how do you understand your mood? And the reason that I want to talk about that is because of what I just said, that I think um, your mood is so central to everything else. I think your mood is central to influencing your feelings, um, your thoughts, your actions, your results, all of those things. And by understanding it, we get a leg up on knowing how to shift it for one thing. But also, like I said, even when you are in a negative mood, just understanding it and kind of putting it in context can be really helpful. So the first thing that you can do to understand your mood is just to start to notice it in yourself. And another shift in my coaching has been to really focus on helping my clients and and you as podcast listeners become their own authorities. So yes, I'm getting on the podcast and I'm saying things to um, hopefully help you and share something valuable, but I am ultimately not the expert on you. You are the expert on you. You know yourself the best inside and out. You are there every minute of every day with yourself and have that opportunity to observe yourself, know yourself, understand yourself, um, see cause and effect play out in your own life. And so none of my coaching is about telling you what you should do or what the right answer is. It is about empowering you to be able to find your own answers. And one of the best ways to do that is simply building your self-awareness and becoming more aware of what mood you're in. And I like to really simplify it and just look in really basic mood categories. And we've talked about these a little bit on the podcast before, but, you know, is your mood 
relaxed or anxious? Is your mood positive, like you're enjoying yourself, or negative, like you don't like how you're feeling or you don't like what you're doing? Um, so relaxed, anxious, positive, negative, just those couple of pairs to start to notice are super helpful. And what happens when you start to notice your mood is you start to notice different patterns. And I'm gonna give you a couple of examples um, and how this can play out and, and how this has helped me. So one is um, if you have a, a menstrual cycle, which I do, is to be aware of how your mood changes during your cycle. And I think this is something that a lot of us see happening. A lot of us see that our mood, not all the time, but there's some patterns, there's some general patterns there at different points in our cycle. And my example of this, and something that even though I knew, even though I knew that I had different moods during different parts of my cycle, I knew that for as long as I've had a period. But what was really interesting to me once I started really keying in, not just, oh, of like, oh, I tend to be in a bad mood on this day or a good mood on this day, was noticing some of the effect of that and noticing how I was thinking about myself and about my situation in those times. So going beyond just noticing your mood, but noticing like how it is impacting you in addition to that. And I noticed that I have a day of my cycle where I tend to feel really, really down. And it can be right before my cycle starts. And so I don't even know, like if I'm not keeping close track of the time, which honestly I tend not to do. I know there's a lot of great things you can use apps and stuff to track that. I, I don't really, <laughs> but sometimes it's like right before my period starts. So I don't know, um, I don't realize at the time that it's, the mood from my cycle and I get very, very down. I get very, very down on myself. I get very, very discouraged about whatever um, goals or purpose that I'm pursuing. And I have noticed that I have a tendency to quit or come really close to quitting things related to living my purpose on that day of my cycle. And if you know about my history with coaching, I have um, stopped and started multiple times. I've you know, started blogging and stopped blogging. I've you know, started this and stopped that. Um, and I think a lot of those times, if I went back and looked, um, happened right at that time of my cycle. And it has been so helpful for me over the past year of starting to coach again, of knowing that because I have had multiple times on that day of my cycle where I have nearly convinced myself to quit coaching, nearly convinced myself that I was, you know, not any good at this, that this wasn't going to work, that this didn't actually help people. Maybe it would actually hurt them. All of these just like crazy thoughts. Um, but it's, influenced by the mood that I'm in. And clearly, you know, that's a biological cycle. Clearly, I think there's some brain chemistry happening there that is influencing the thinking that I'm having. And so that's still a hard day for me often, but it has helped so much to understand my mood, 
on that day and understand the impact that my mood has on my thinking and my decision-making process. Because now, even when I'm thinking those thoughts and even when it feels very objective to me at the time, like I'm just reporting the news that I'm just reporting the news that I just, you know, (laughs) it sounds so bad, but I really do. Like I really do in that um, part of my cycle. I just feel like a loser. I feel like a failure. I feel like I should stop doing what I'm trying to do because it's stupid. I can watch myself have those thoughts and know like this happens to me as a pattern. Like this isn't what I always think about myself. This is what I think about myself at this time of my cycle when I am in this mood. And it has been super helpful and it has kept me from quitting a few times. And basically, you know, a lot of times on that day, there there isn't anything that I can do to like make myself, you know, happy-go-lucky, happy sunshine, rainbows and daisies. But a lot of times I will just rest. I will just, you know, do things that are very um, caretaking towards myself. I will not make decisions (laughs) about how I'm going to, I will not make any major life decisions or decisions about how to move forward um, with things on that day because I know it's my mood and that is influencing how I am thinking. Okay. The other example I want to do, I feel like this podcast is already going a little bit long, but I'm going to do one more example um, because I think it's different than the one I just gave and I think it's helpful. Another example of this is you might notice um, that different activities impact your mood. And it can be interesting when you really start to be honest with yourself about what your mood is and start to be open to just observing yourself almost like a science experiment um, and not go in with preconceived expectations because you might be surprised about what activities shift your mood one way or another. And one thing I've noticed is that like certain content I consume can affect my mood. So for example, watching YouTube um, or watching a bunch of YouTube videos sometimes is great. Sometimes it's just like a great way to relax. I do do that fairly often. I have different channels that I like. Sometimes though, and with certain channels, I've noticed that even though I like watching the channel when I'm watching it, that afterwards I tend to just not feel good. I tend to just feel down after that type of content. And it's really interesting to me to see how it can feel good at the time, but not feel good afterwards. And I think in our society, what we tend to do with that stuff, and there's a lot of things like that, right? A lot of things that we might think of people doing to quote unquote to excess or things that were like, I know that's not really good for me, but I'm just gonna do it. The way we tend to approach those in our society, or at least in kind of like how I've been conditioned, is from a perspective of control and restriction. Like, oh, that's not a good thing to do. That's not really good for you. So you should restrict yourself from it. You shouldn't do it. You should, you know, have it kind of planned out to make sure you don't overconsume it. 
And that's how we try to approach it, just almost from a willpower approach and from a should, shouldn't, um, good, bad mentality. But what has been really interesting to me about understanding and observing my mood is there is actually another way to approach this, which for me works so much better than the willpower approach. Because the willpower approach takes energy. We all know that feeling of like, telling ourselves we shouldn't do something, but then we do it anyway. Like we all do that. It's just human nature. Willpower is this very finite resource. Like we don't have a lot of it. Um, But what's interesting to me is if instead of using willpower, if you just let yourself do what you feel like doing, but you observe your mood along with it, it kind of takes care of itself. Like I have noticed that let's say there's this YouTube channel that I have that I, you know, I have so much fun watching it, but then I notice I just feel kind of gross afterwards. Like if I just let myself watch it when I feel like watching it, and then I notice that I don't feel good afterwards, and almost just like subconsciously notice, after a while, that is not appealing anymore to me to watch. Your, Your body will learn that on its own. And your moods and your emotions in that way can be a really a really interesting way of it's almost like a subconscious learning process that bodies create these emotions that send signals to us and help condition our desire to do things now if you're sitting there like restricting it and being like i can't watch that i shouldn't watch that that's bad to watch that willpower and that restriction creates desire in us. It creates desire for whatever the thing is that we're restricting and trying not to do. Whereas if you just let yourself do it and you just notice how it works for you, you're naturally conditioning yourself by repeating that activity when you want to do it. Then if it feels crappy afterwards and you're noticing that, you're not going to want to do it forever. Like our desires are shaped by our experience. And so sometimes letting yourself doing that, do that and letting up on the restriction can actually work out really well and be a lot more sustainable than trying to itemize your life into a checklist of the things that you want to do versus the things that um, you don't think you should be doing and try to control everything from that perspective. So that's another example of where just understanding my mood has been helpful is just noticing things from an emotional and a mood perspective and how it impacts me from that perspective and letting that shape my desires and letting that shape my actions versus trying to figure out the list of, you know, what the most well-balanced, perfect woman does with her time and trying to follow that using willpower. That does not work for me. So those are a couple examples of understanding your mood in addition to what we talked about at the beginning, which is just why it is so important to understand your mood because it impacts so much of your life, how you're thinking, how you're feeling from moment to moment, how you're making decisions, and ultimately the results that you get. So I hope this has been helpful. It has been fun to catch up on the podcast. I'm going to go have the rest of my (laughs) low-key day, and I hope you have a great uh, weekend as well. We will talk soon.